91.3 KBCS, Music and Ideas, listener-supported radio from Bellevue College. 48 years ago this week, the case of local activists who went by the name the Seattle Seven was declared a mistrial by Federal District Court Judge George Bolt. KBCS's Jim Contu sat down with one of the defendants, Roger Littman, to learn more. We're going back to the 1970s. Were you drafted? I was drafted. During the Vietnam War, there was a huge buildup of the American military for fighting in the war in Vietnam and that region. Ultimately, 500,000 people served there at one time at the peak. And there weren't a lot of volunteers, so they had to force people to go in the military. What did you feel like when you got your letter? Well, I knew it was coming because I had dropped out of college and lost my student exemption. And it was just a matter of time before it came in the mail. And it was just something you had to deal with. And I had been an anti-war activist for quite some time and helped organize resistance to the draft. So I had made up my mind well in advance that I was going to refuse to go in the Army. And what drew you to the activism to resist the war? Started with learning about what the war in Vietnam was about, that it was to control the politics and the resources of a faraway country that we really had no business running, that was run by a corrupt dictatorship already that had been put in place by the United States, and I wasn't going to support that. You mentioned that you were involved in protests before you received your notice of being drafted and that you were a student. Well, I had gone to college in Portland. I came back to Seattle where I grew up and got involved in the group called Draft Resistance Seattle, which supported and organized people who were facing the draft and wanted to resist the draft. And we became a very active anti-war group. How did it play out in the media? The war was in the media top story every day. And the media were not generally supportive of what we were doing. They buried it. They distorted it. They hid it. But eventually it was so huge that there was no way it could be avoided. I think the turning point came around the Democratic Convention in 1968 in Chicago. Many, many thousands of people came to Chicago to protest peacefully and were set upon by the Chicago police and brutally attacked. And this was on TV across the nation and turned people on the fence into opponents of the war and the war policies. Did you go to Chicago? I did not. I was here in Seattle. We protested here also. And so we also wanted to talk about the Seattle 7 trial. How did that happen? There was the Chicago 7, so maybe a little bit of background. What was the Chicago 7? So the Chicago 7 was the result of the demonstrations at the Democratic Convention. Eight people were indicted for organizing those demonstrations. Ultimately, one of them, Bobby Seale, was separated from the others and not tried with them. So it became the Chicago 7 in the courtroom. As the trial approached its conclusion, the word went out around the country that if they are sent to jail, there should be huge protests everywhere in the country the day after the verdict. There was a Seattle protest? So there was a big protest in Seattle, which was TDA, the day after February 17, 1970, and thousands of people gathered at the federal courthouse in Seattle on Fifth Avenue. And again, as in Chicago, it was attacked by the police and by the federal marshals, and tear gas was thrown by the authorities. People were forced off the grounds of the federal courthouse and through downtown, and a number of people were arrested. Two months later, eight of us were indicted for organizing that demonstration. Were you at the demonstration? No, I had not been in Seattle for a month. Why were you selected to be among the indictees? The best I could say for why I was included is that it was a mistake on the part of the authorities, or it was a complete frame-up, and just because of my political activity, they threw me in with the others. So the protest was in February. You were not in Seattle. Where were you? I was in San Francisco. 
Where were you when you got the notice that you had been indicted? I had gone to a demonstration the day before, and I was arrested at that demonstration. I was in jail overnight, and the next morning, the indictment was issued in Seattle, and they already had me. So, you know, there I was. What was the trial like here? The trial was a thrill from the beginning to the end. We were determined not to be run over by the prosecution. We felt like we were being framed both in terms of the facts and politically, and we weren't going to take it quietly. So uh, two of us of the seven were able to represent ourselves as our own counsel, not myself, but two of the others. We had four lawyers also for the whole group of us. We were active participants in the jury selection, and we objected when the prosecution dismissed any potential juror who seemed like they had the slightest consciousness. What they were looking for is people who said they had no opinion about the Vietnam War. And amazingly enough, we pretty much got a jury full of people like that. Then the government's presentation of its prosecution case began. There was one witness, an informer, someone we thought was a friend of ours, although I can't say anybody ever really trusted him. He went on and on about what terrible people we were, and he actually didn't have anything to say about what we had done. But when cross-examination began, that's when things got really interesting. He was cross-examined very effectively by the two defendants who represented themselves, and essentially got him to say on the stand, in his own words, that he would set us up with drugs and with spray paint and that he would do anything to get us. He admitted having deceived us and he was asked, so you would do anything to get us? Yes. You would lie to get us? Yes. And you know, if you're on the witness stand and you say you would lie to get us, that doesn't go over that well with the jury. That was pretty much the end of him. It looked so bad for the prosecution, they couldn't even produce their next witness. So where did the trial go from there? From there, it got pretty intense. We refused to come into the courtroom that morning until the judge would agree to hold a hearing on the problem of our supporters being excluded from the courtroom. Well, you can imagine where that led. So where did that lead? Eventually, we showed up, and the judge got angry, declared a mistrial, and charged us with contempt of court and put it off for a hearing on sentencing us. This was on a Thursday, I think, so till the next Monday. Susan Stern, one of the defendants, had been sick the day that this all came down, and so she was not charged with contempt of court. But she insisted on speaking along with us in solidarity, and the judge wasn't going to let her, but she was very forceful and just kept going and kept going. She wouldn't stop. Finally, he pushed a button to open the door to the bullring, and a swarm of armed U.S. marshals flooded in, attacked her, attacked anybody who came to her defense, including our lawyers, and there turned out to be a huge brawl in the courtroom. I think we won the fight, but of course they had the jail, and that's where we ended up. How much time had you served? It took us a month in jail before we got out on appeal, and then it was at least a year, I think, before it was dismissed, and then the government had the option to bring the charges again, which they did. And that was pretty complicated because we knew temperamentally that if we went back to court again, we'd probably do the same thing. So ultimately, we worked out a deal where they would basically ignore one of the charges and listen to us make a case for a reduced sentence on the other one, and that's how it ended up. We ended up with sentences ranging from three to six months on essentially the one count of contempt. So I did a total of three months. How do you feel about the current protests, Black Lives Matter, students' protests against guns? Do you see parallels with your past? How does it make you feel? I think these are very important protests, and of course there's a parallel. Protest against injustice goes back way before us, of course, and continues to the present day. Things 
are bleak right now. And it's really important for people to be fighting back against that the whole time. And we have been doing that, and we've had an impact on it. So we have to keep up the protest. That was Seattle 7 defendant Roger Lippman speaking with KBCS's Jim Contu. For more KBCS stories and to support our work with a donation, you can visit kbcs.fm.